You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. A science story, huh? And I just thought, well, I figured it, out. I it was that golden moment. Because science was on my side. Hi everyone, I'm Ben Lilly, and welcome to the Story Collider, where we bring you true stories of how science has affected people's lives. A quick reminder, our next event is in New York, December 17th. The theme is Science and Religion. See storycollider.org for more. This week's storyteller is Abby Pond. The story was recorded in November 2012 at the Camden Head in London as part of the Spot On Science Conference. The theme of the event was Connections. Rural Canada, I'm Canadian if you can't tell by the accent, is, has a smell to it that kind of matches the seasons that you're in. Every place is a bit different, and I've lived in a lot of different places. Um, but the larch needles and aspen leaves in Revelstoke, British Columbia, where I spent five years, I can, I can smell them. Um, the maples outside my grandparents' house in New Brunswick, where I spent every Sunday afternoon for 15 years. One whiff of fallen maple leaves, and I'm, I'm right back there. Um, so this time of year, walking through London, it takes me straight back. Straight back to the outdoors, where most of my memories happen from my childhood. Um, and most of those great memories come from the time I spent with my dad. Um, he taught me how to paddle a canoe and how to paddle it, not only so that you're, you know, going down the river in a straight line, but also to do it silently so you can sneak up. Um, and you can never take your paddle out of the water and you can uh, sneak up on animals and all different kinds of stuff. Some of the stuff my dad taught me while we were doing that, he taught me without a word. Um, but there was always a very deep sense of connection with the place and with him. So I can, when, I, when I smell those smells, I can think of those times where he didn't say a word, but we might be out and doing those things. Um, so nothing calms me more now than, than standing next to water, which means I probably should have been holding the pint instead of the <laughs> iPhone. Um, but my dad and I used to sit on our deck of our camp Every Saturday morning, we go up and we just sit there for an hour or two, staring at the river, watching it go by. Um, he taught me how to fish and hunt and take care of the things and the people that I care about. He also instilled a curiosity with me, and I think it was out of laziness, um, because I would say, why is this like that, Dad? And he's like, why do you think? <laughs> I'm like, hmm. And so then I'd go find out. It's quite obvious then there was really no other choice for me than science. I never considered any other career. Um, and I set off to university thinking I was going to be a doctor. But I got to pre-med um, and all of the people I went to pre-med with were absolute shits. They didn't <laughs> care. They didn't care. They did not care about people. They didn't care about healing. They, they were just, yeah, they were awful. So. 
I switched in my first year of university because, and also it was really boring. I went to university to learn stuff and it was boring. So I switched into biology and moved on in with a bunch of engineers. So I got to drink beer and study biology, much more interesting. Um, however, I lived in a city and this is the first time I'd ever lived in a city. I grew up in a town of a thousand people. So I'd lived in a city of a hundred thousand people. <laughs> That's a big city in Canada, eh? Um, and so I spent three years there doing my degree, and I, by the third year I was so agitated, I finished my degree. I took eight or nine courses a semester so I could finish my degree a year early. And I decided that I didn't want to be in the city anymore. And so I took my biology degree, I went and did a wilderness guiding diploma and became a wilderness guide and a naturalist. So I spent my days learning about native plants and uh, all of the plants that are around us in Canada and the stories behind them. So the historical use of those plants, what they were, what they were used for, if they were medicine, if they were used for making rope, um, or if, you know, Indians fed them to English people that came over and tried to invade their territory. Um, <laughs> took all of that stuff and taught it to all of the hapless tourists that paid me money to tour them through the Canadian wilderness. Um, it was actually quite a lot of fun um, because I got to canoe every day, I got to spend time in the woods, and I got to learn more and more about the area that I love so much. In 2005, my dad was diagnosed with cancer. And at the time, I was living on the other side of Canada. He was in New Brunswick, I was in BC, and I spent two years traveling back and forth. Um, and eventually, I just gave it all up. I moved home. I couldn't stand it anymore. And uh, I decided I was going to spend what was then 2007 with him. So I moved home. I'm like, Dad, let's have some fun. He's like, OK, need a porch. So we built a, a sun porch on the front of the house um, so we could sit and watch the cars go by and say, hmm, somebody was in that car that was, oh, Doug got a new truck. <laughs> oh, yeah. Got, um, that's high entertainment in my town. Um, I even recorded a little album of, of all these songs I like to write um, because he wanted it. Um, after a few months, he got tired of me being there, though, and he said, why are you sitting here waiting for me to die? This is dumb. And so he kicked me out. Um, and I'd sold my house. I had a lot of money. Well, a lot of money. I had some money. And so I went to London, came to Iceland, went to Paris, went to Hungary, so I was kind of kicking around doing these things, and my dad died um, a couple months later on Good Friday. My siblings were there, and I was here, and he had my song playing on the stereo in his room, and they played Dickens' funeral, but I haven't written another song since, and I was just exhausted from this emotional roller coaster of everything. So I'd missed a trick. If I'd been a doctor, maybe I could have helped. If I'd been logical and rational and maybe stuck to the science more, maybe I could have done something. It's time to, you know, put down the stupid guitar and stop paddling around and, you know, let be logical and reasonable and do something with my life. Ha. So I moved to London permanently. Well, I thought it was permanently. The, um, the home office thinks otherwise. Um, <laughs> I got married, I had a child, and I started a Master of Science in Climate Change um, all in the same year, 
which was kind of a stupid idea, looking back <laughs> at it. Um, and I kind of ensconced myself in this city of stone and concrete. And Londoners really don't care about you. Um, so we all live in these little invisible bubbles. And it was great insulation against everything that I'd, I'd been going through. I could save all of my emotion and channel it into anger when I was cycling into work and there were dickheads all over the place or <laughs> you know, something happened and I could just be on Twitter and I'd be twoutraged, absolutely outraged. I could tweet. Um, yeah, it would be great because anger is just the easiest feeling and it was kind of the only feeling I let myself feel. And I'd started studying climate change because I was angry. We had all this real science staring us in the face and nobody was doing anything about it. So. I was going to do something about it. And science isn't like that at all. Science is messy. Um, it's human endeavor. We're all humans. Um, and I was trying to remove the human element from it. Um, but I wish someone had kind of told me that before I started doing a master's. <laughs> In my second year of my master's, which I was doing part-time while working full-time, which is another stupid thing to do, never do that, um, I took this course called Cultural Landscapes. And the only reason I took it was because everyone in the year before had said it was the most amazing course ever. So I took this really awful course the year before, and I thought, if it, this is good, then it'll make up for this awful course that I'd taken. Um, but on the surface, it really had nothing to do with the real science that I was looking to do. with nothing logical or rational about it. One of the lectures was on shamanism and, and, and trances. Um, what the hell that had to do with geography I, I still still don't know um, and the lecturer just made up words she turned nouns into verbs and verbs into nouns and there was imaginings going on and I was I was like I had to keep my eyes closed because I was rolling them too much in in <laughs> the classes it, it was bad that one of the first homework assignments they gave us was to go forth and experience the landscape Sean's not here is she that's my lecture no good okay um so her assignment was go outside spend 10 minutes sitting down and just write what you feel what you're doing um what you're thinking and what i was thinking when she was telling us this was it's a 45 minute cycle ride back to walthamstow in the dark it's nine o'clock it's october when i get home i'll have a few minutes to scarf down this cold supper my husband's made i'll pretend it tastes good I'll find out how his day went. Uh, I'll find out what new and exciting things my daughter has done that I've missed because I've been a bad mother and off working full-time and studying part-time and uh, sneak in her room, see if she's sleeping, maybe wake her up and then have to put her back down, and then go read all of these really annoying papers that you've assigned to me. And yeah, really 10 minutes to sit alone and think, don't got it, <laughs> thanks. But there's this little bench in, um, on this little knoll on my way home. And I've always wanted to sit on it, but I never have. And it looks west on the, on the Lee River, and you can see the skyline of Tottenham, the breathtaking skyline of Tottenham. <laughs> <laughs> I pass by it every day, and I was like, it might be nice to stop there. There, there are these um, blackberry brambles all around. There's a field beyond with these belted Galway cows, and I know they're belted Galway cows because I watch Country File. Um, and I always thought, I'd like to sit there and just kind of you know, stop for a while, and I never did it. So I thought this night I'm going to stop. So I sat on the bench and I was breathing, sitting there. It was dark and I thought about my dissertation, which I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Um, and I still 
sitting there. I thought, ah, I'll sit here and I'll think about it and it'll be great. And no, I still had no clue what I was going to do. I was just listening to the kind of city murmuring beyond, nothing to do. And I felt the cold of the bench, kind of sleeping through. And I wrote down on my piece of paper, my ass is cold. Um, and then the wind was talking in the brambles and I'm like I'm just going to make up a story oh, it's, uh, it's making fun of the joggers that were running by all day he's like <laughs> see those joggers that woman and she shouldn't have been wearing that spandex and, um, but eventually I just all you could do in the dark was smell and it smelled like leaves that were kind of squished into the mud and it smelled like home and I finally re I was outside of that insulation I'd put myself in and I'd sat down long enough to catch up to myself. So I wrote down some more words. I felt decadent, hidden, sneaking. I felt like I was doing something forbidden. And I was, but I was the one who put up that boundary and made it forbidden. So I sat there and thought about all this different ways of being and the other nonsense my lecture had been talking about. And I opened my metaphorical eyes. But the ones that I'd been rolling the whole time, I couldn't really explain it in words then, and I, I, I still can't now, but it was like all the thoughts in my head stopped for a minute, and I wasn't going through the logical steps in my head saying, and now this is what you're experiencing, and you need to write down all of these facts. That I was just sitting there being me, and it was all of the lack of words that brought together the meaning and, and feeling and memories, and I just realized that anger and being and logic and being rational weren't enough anymore. So I stood up and I wrote home. I started writing and I wrote my dissertation proposal. Um, and I realized kind of what was missing, why I couldn't figure it out because I'd taken all of the passion and emotion out of what I was doing. Um, and I ended up studying um, the feelings behind why people have such passionate opinions on climate science instead of the science itself. And then I wrote the most brilliant dissertation there ever was. I got the best marks ever, I solved all the world's problems, I won the lottery. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. I don't know if what I wrote was any good, I'm still waiting for my mark. Um, comes at the end of the month, fingers crossed. I'm moving back to Canada because the home office. <laughs> um, yeah. um, but I'm going to be running a charity that looks after a, a river in Canada and it's actually the border between Canada and the US and my job is to listen to all the people that live in the area and the governments on both sides of the border come up with a management plan for all of the environmental cultural um, historical stuff that goes on there and then get everybody to agree on how to do it um, sounds really fun right <laughs> yeah yeah right it's a lot more fun than cycling through uh, London fields on uh, Friday night and you try to dodge through everybody and yeah it's a lot more fun um but i get to take my canoe out anytime i want put it in that river paddle down i get to teach my daughter how to do the very same things that my dad did um i get to use all the logic and reason and science that i've collected um and protect all of that kind of natural that natural world that i love um i still haven't written a, a new song but i've remembered how to sing Thanks. That was Abby Pond. Abby recently completed her master's in climate change management at Birkbeck, 
Originally from Canada, she's worked as a naturalist, musician, conservationist, and flogger of websites. Her scientific claim to fame, to date, was the contribution of a knitted Punnett square of peas for a recent exhibition at the Science Museum. For more science stories, take a look at storycollider.org, where we have our magazine, archives of the podcast, and upcoming events. The Story Collider is produced by me, Brian Wecht, and Aaron Barker. The podcast is produced by Rose Avalith. Additional help from Brooke Williams, Lena Groger, Josh McCall, and Raphaela Benin. The theme music is by Ghost. Special thanks to the Camden Head for hosting the show, to Lou Woodley and Spot on London for inviting us, to Laura Wheeler for extraordinary work in handling logistics, and to Trees and Things for existing, I think. I live in a city. Thanks for listening. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.